Today's program is brought to you by Corin, a supplier of Japanese chef knives and restaurant supplies. For more information, visit Corin.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Hello, welcome to Japanese. I'm your host, Aki Kotema, food writer and the director of the New York Japanese Culinary Academy, which promotes a deeper understanding of Japanese cuisine in America. We are broadcasting live from a studio at Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn. This show is all about Japanese food and food culture. We see sushi at every daily in the supermarket, but what is beyond sushi? We hear dashi ramen izakaya, but what exactly are they? Japanese food is still a mystery for many people, so I'll try to demystify it in this program with my cool guests. And my guest today is Maribel Lieberman, who is the CEO and founder of Maribel Chocolates in New York. She now has eight locations of Maribel Chocolates worldwide, including four shops in Japan. We recently had Ron Silver of Bubbies、uh, in New York and George Waldebeck also in New York, who both have successful restaurants in Japan. They shared interesting ideas about Japanese culture with us, and this week, Maribel will discuss her experience with Japanese culture through her big project of bringing her iconic brand to Japan. But quickly before we start, Japanese is available on Heritage Radio Network website as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify as a podcast. Please go to iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and subscribe to Japanese. And please write a review. We really, really appreciate your feedback. Also, if you have ideas about topics of the show or show guests, please let us know. You can email us at japanese at heritageradionetwork.org or akikokatema.com. And I have a quick announcement.、Uh, the 24 Sumo Stew is coming to New York on Monday, March 19th at 8 p.m. at Brooklyn Brewery in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. And Wednesday, March 20th at 7 p.m. at Japan Society in Midtown. And as you may know, Sumo Stew is a seasonal live streaming event of Sumo matches、uh, straight from Japan. And actually,、uh, it's a broadcast from NHK.、Uh, it's kind of equivalent of、uh, BBC of Japan. And you can enjoy Japanese food from outstanding restaurants as well as you,、uh, as you watch the matches.、Uh, this is very exciting. So I can guarantee it's going to be a lot of fun. And tickets are available at eventbrite.com and search、uh, Sumo Stew. Then you can find both events. So, again, it's eventbrite.com and look for Sumo Stew. And、uh, for Jap- Japanese listeners,、uh, there's a $10, $10 off discount code. That's Japanese, one word, Japanese. So, I、uh, hope I'll see you there. And now let's start a conversation、uh, with Mariel Lieberman. Hello, Mariel. Welcome. Hello, how are you? Thank you for having me. It's a、this、pleasure is, to be here. <laughs> This is very exciting because、um, um, I'm a big fan of your chocolates.、Thank、and、you. sometimes I go, I、uh, get them as a gift, which is very frequently you know, used as a great gift for somebody special. And、uh, so I also visit、uh, your cacao market in Brooklyn to、yes. treat myself. Yes. So, so let's find out who you are and、uh, <laughs> what happened in the past. So, 
So first of all, let's talk about your background. Uh, where from and what did you eat when you grew up? Oh, my God. Um, I'm from Honduras. I grew up in the countryside. And I had an amazing childhood, actually, because uh, I, I'm actually, f I feel I'm one of the lucky ones to have had that, that upbringing in the country and then have the city today, you know, as a big contrast. But uh, having both worlds is, is, is an amazing experience for me. I grew up till the age of 11 in the countryside. I'm the youngest one in my family. And uh, when my brothers and sisters were becoming ready to, to college, that's when my parents moved to the big city. And, um, and so but going back to my childhood, I'd, I mean, I had a very simple childhood, uh, going to, to, to school, playing with in the fields, um, running in the fields and... I mean, having a beautiful childhood, just running in the in nature, then having fruits from from uh, the trees that we had in the in the patio, in, including cacao. Actually, we yeah. had I had cacao trees in uh, uh, cacao. Uh, the fruit you uh, um, you can eat it and make a drink, a cold drink out of it. Um, the uh, beans we used to uh, let them. Uh, dry and rust and do roasting and then make a drink out of it like coffee but that was my childhood I never really uh, put together the cacao was actually chocolate because uh, for me it was a cacao drink was just a cacao drink mm. you know grinding just like coffee you know you grind it you make you add water and sugar and that's that's the way the drink was that's interesting right yes. like how we perceive there's a division between cacao beans and the chocolate bars it's yeah. huge yeah no <laughs> it's huge and uh and uh, actually before i got into the business of uh chocolate and um, I am the type of person whenever I have to, I get into something, I like to do research and, and I like the story behind. And um, when I decided to open a chocolate store in Soho, um, I wanted to, I was not planning to make my own chocolates, even though I knew how to make uh, truffles, but I was thinking mostly to bring maybe uh, to open store and get, uh, you know, other companies that sell chocolates already and just open a chocolate store but uh, when I started reading the the story of uh, of chocolate and then I found out that chocolate is cacao and then cacao came from my background <laughs> <laughs> that's when I said oh my god what am I doing uh, I think I'm destined to to bring back the uh, the credit to America in you know, I and actually um, because people thought that uh, chocolate is comes from Europe and actually comes from Latin America, it comes from America. And anyway, that's what it really uh, it gave me a lot of enthusiasm. You know, mm. to 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 tell the story, and I feel because I I am from Latin America, I'm the one destined to do this. Mm. Interesting, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so what you inspired is uh, the reason. Uh, I think it's, it's the, the fact that you came to New York, yes. right? So what brought you to New York? Well, uh, my mother is a seamstress, uh, was a seamstress, and um, she was always making dresses for us. And, 
And I felt that I wanted to be to to do it one step further. I wanted to go to school, uh, learn how to do the patterns, you know, do the uh, learn how to sew and and design. I always liked design, and I did. Uh, so I came here, you know. I learned. Uh, I went to Parsons School of Design, and and when I came to New York, I, I mean, uh, New York is such a fascinating city, and. And I feel really at home here. Hmm. Uh, I felt that because there are so many cultures, um, it was so attractive to me because uh, I like to ask questions, you know, to uh, people from different uh, backgrounds. I like to to know more about their their uh, customs and you know their foods and uh, so I learn. I, I it just for me meeting people from all over the world is like traveling the world mm. so I found that that uh, and then and then eventually um, I started just uh, discovering food from different cultures and uh, that's I you know I finished my my fashion um, uh, studies and and I started working in the fashion industry and uh, however I, I I never felt fulfilled and uh, it was I was always going back to okay the weekends I would go to the markets uh, to the Indian market uh, to the Aran market to the Japanese market to, to you know just to buy ingredients and I was always so amazed you know that everybody just feel oh these are the best ingredients these are the best spices and of course you know once you, you're not familiar with it you don't find it interesting and. That's when I discovered, um, I started making recipes and uh, doing more fusion cuisine. We're talking 1995. Mm. Um, and then I started experimenting different uh, foods with different ingredients, mixing different cultures, uh, ingredients. And uh, eventually I decided to leave my my uh, fashion industry and uh, and dedicate, um, I, I was practicing a lot of uh, cooking at home, you know, and everybody was saying to me, oh, you should open a restaurant, um, that you, you're a great cook, I have a great palate too. But I, opening a restaurant was never really interesting for me, mm. um, because it wasn't really, I mean, for me, creating is what's, what made me uh, passionate, you know, uh, it wasn't, uh, making food of the same food every day or just you know just to sell food I mean of course I like cooking but I liked more about creating and experimenting mm. you know different flavors and uh, from that that's when I switched to cooking and eventually I opened a catering company mm. uh, because catering it allowed me to create different atmospheres different foods and and I did a lot of catering for the United Nations, actually. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? That's yeah. a crazy background. Wow. So, and then you opened your first Amaribel Chocolate in 2002. And uh, that was a different time. You know, it was before Mash Brothers. Uh, actually, it was in 2000, in the okay. year 2000. Okay. I, I, uh, Maribel started 2002, but at the year 2000, I started my a small boutique uh, in Nolita called Lunettes et Chocolat, ah. um, and that's when I started my my uh, my brand. But uh, uh, it wasn't named Maribel. Maribel was born in two thousand two, um, but 
yeah, I mean, I started, um, you know, selling my chocolate. It was a very tiny store, like, uh, like it was probably like 400 square feet. And mm-hmm. half of that was chocolate and the other half was glasses because of my, I have a friend, uh-huh. Salima Optic, you know, Salima Salon. Mm-hmm. Salima. Oh, okay, that right. was a, she had the other wall full of glasses and I had another wall hmm. full of chocolate. So we call it Lunette Chocolat. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a, it's a very unexpected combination, glasses and chocolate. I but know, but <laughs> and, and people thought it was a strategy for marketing and, and actually it was actually to save money to <laughs> share the friends <laughs> that worked yeah, out <laughs> yes yeah. right and uh, so oh, it's one thing you know you mentioned chocolate you know the, the beans so um, where do you source cocoa beans um, I saw well you know uh, after years of uh, you know do making my chocolates from commercial chocolate uh, then I d- uh, and I decided to go back to Honduras and uh, because we have a lot of plantations of cacao in Honduras, and actually we, I was lucky that that to have that, but I didn't have the machinery, because you have to have a, a good equipment to to refine the cacao. You know, you don't want to. I was already selling a very refined chocolate, and and I needed to get the same quality. So, so eventually, uh, 15 years later, I I was able to buy my equipment to 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 refine cacao in and I started buying cacao bean directly from Honduras mm. and I met up with a lot of farmers and uh, of course they all are desperate to sell uh, cacao and uh, so I started you know buying uh, the cacao from women uh, um, agriculture producers mm. in the in some very rural areas in Honduras mm. so I heard that you are kind of supporting about 60 female farmers. Yes, I am. And uh, um, I w- actually wanted to expand m- expand more. And um, next month I'm going to Honduras to meet from another area. Mm. Uh, because uh, in Honduras we have different kinds of beans. Uh, we have the, um, the Indio Rojo, which is um, uh, in Venezuela is called the porcelain. Uh, in Honduras, we have the is a criollo bean, mm. so we have that. Um, and I need to. There is in some er, uh, remote areas in Honduras, so um, I'm going there to meet with some farmers that they have that kind of bean. They they don't have a lot, but I want to get that special bean, mm. you know, and give the uh, the um, the credit to all these farmers because they're very in a very remote area in Honduras. Mm, right. Yes. So that's important. <laughs> yes. Right. Um, so does it taste differently by, you know, you processing the beans by yourself because you can pick and choose kind of the flavor? Well, you know, it all, de- it tastes different. It all depends, um, you know, where it comes from, what area and how it was fermented. The fermentation has a lot to do with the final flavor. You, you know, it's just like, a coffee bean, if you roast it too dark, then it's going to get bitter, you know. Mm. So all these processes have a lot to do with the, uh, with the end result taste. Mm. So, um, uh, you know, these farmers need to know how, how much to dry the bean because if you dry it too much, then it becomes, dr- um, it, it doesn't be, have the good texture that you, you need. Uh, and then if you ferment it too much, then it becomes too bitter. 
So anyway, all this knowledge the farmers need to have. Mm, right. So by working with farmers directly, you really can refine the Yeah, system. actually, yes, because uh, uh, I have a, a company in, in, uh, in a foundation actually in Honduras that uh, it's uh, helping a lot to, for the uh, coaching on how to ferment and dry the beans. Mm, yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. Right. Yes. yeah, it's not just for your company or charity, it's kind of elevating the whole level of chocolate production. Well, you know, I help them, they help me, you know, because at the end I end up with a product that is very unique, you know, and um, I mean, having access to source of, of different, you know, quality type of beans, Criollo, Indio Rojo, I mean, it gives me a lot of credit, and any and I help them by buying directly to them mm. and giving them a better price than buying from a mediator. Right. Yeah. So that's amazing. So that's it's gonna taste even better next time. <laughs> <laughs> so and the other thing about your chocolate, that style of your chocolate is distinctive. It's yeah. so beautiful. Yes. And the last time I got the box of all New York scenes, yeah, yeah, and yeah. each one of them I was like imagining, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, for me, uh, you know, as I said, I am come from the design world, and uh, I feel that uh, you know everyday life should be beautiful for us. I wise, I mean, you have to. Uh, for me, it's so important to when you're gonna have something, not only a, cho- a box of chocolate, but any anything that you see, it should look pleasant to your uh, eyes mm. then it should taste good to your palate and 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 that's how and your brain needs to absorb all these all these pleasant feelings and that's how you actually in my opinion you taste something good mm. you know because all your senses are are uh, please right <laughs> yeah and of course on in your tongue too so. yeah, yeah yeah of course you know the palate the palate yeah because at the end of the day even if it's beautiful if your palate is not satisfied you can just forget about it right. yeah okay so and um so who designed the chocolate though by the way um in the beginning i started with um with my husband's uh, uh artwork and he's a um a painter mm. and uh, and then i took some of Ten designs, ten of his designs, and I started just putting some colors and uh, and actually uh, that, that's how I started my collection with ton, ten different designs, mm. and and then um, you know people were, you know some people were saying oh who's gonna eat uh, green chocolates and blue chocolates oh my god that's disgusting, <laughs> <laughs> but then it was very successful and um, and then I said oh I want to put some um, figurative uh, images and my my type of illustration you know is more um uh it's more normal like uh, I, I don't like i didn't like my illustration style to put on the chocolate because i wanted something more cartoonish mm. you know and uh, something that is um that is fun to see um i in, uh, so I started interviewing different people from Parsons and also from FIT, and I found this girl who is a fine art artist. Um, and and uh, 
but but the, she was also doing some cartoonish type of when she gave me her, her business card and then he sh she showed me the portfolio the business card didn't match the portfolio the portfolio was full of paintings mm. but the business card had li these little uh, tiny stick figures and then I said you know this is not what I'm looking for and when she gave me her card and I said this is what I'm looking for <laughs> 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 so anyway her name is Yuki uh, we've been working together. She's Japanese, actually. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've been working together for 17 years now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Thank goodness. Uh, no, she showed you a business card. Otherwise, yeah. she, she didn't get the job. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. So what I do, I direct it, uh, you know, what I want, you know, with depending on the season. And, uh, and then we work very well together. Mm, yeah, it's, it's really stunning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So before I put your chocolate in my mouth, it's like the imagination. Like you said, you know, your brain is fat. Yeah. And it's yeah. like good, happy energy. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, I don't know if you noticed that I put a pamphlet inside the... Uh, the mm -hmm. uh, and in that pamphlet t tells the flavor and all the ingredients. Yes. And also there is a little poem for each one. And I, and I wanted... Because for my idea of eating something it shouldn't go directly right on your mouth because it disappears you swallow it and you dis and it disappear and that's it what's next i feel that it should take your time and then you open the box you smile you take the pamphlet you look for the flavor then you look for the design and then you read that design and, and you by the time this comes that you're gonna eat it you already have joy in your brain right. you know yeah so i read it <laughs> <laughs> i do yeah. so okay and uh so another thing about your design element of your brand is uh the baby blue mm -hmm. yeah i'm curious yeah. how you pick the color and how why you decorate the shop with the you color. know what um when i open i, I mean i'll tell you uh, looking back when i was a lot younger uh in honduras and I, I was always buying blue, blue dresses, bl you know, it was, and I didn't realize, because when you're young, you just don't realize who you are, mm. you know, <laughs> oh, I want yellow, I want, you know, but anyway, um, at one time, I, I, when I first came in to the United States, I, I, I asked, a, a friend of mine asked me, oh, I want to um, decorate my room, and then I said, oh, I can, I can choose the colors, and I chose blue, I mean, but of course, uh, fast forward years later, I'm opening my brand. And then I said, oh, you know what? I, I, I love blue. And, uh, but blue doesn't go with chocolate. Hmm. And, uh, and I said, well, it could be the sky together with the earth, you know? So I said, oh, the, the heaven and earth come together. And that's when I, I, <laughs> I and people think, oh, it's, you put the brown because of the chocolate. So I actually put it together, heaven and earth come, put together. Mm. So that's, I put those colors. And, um, and then I said, uh, uh, you know, putting these two colors, it just gave me so much joy. And le a year or two years later, I found out that blue, in the food industry, is not a color mm. for, uh, that people choose um, for food because it's a very cold color. So uh, I had, I didn't, I was not 
following the the colors of the food industry, but was just following my design ideas. <laughs> yeah, know, well, I, I don't know if the logic is right or not, but uh, I really like it's kind of healing color. I find it peaceful. Yeah, right. exactly. I find it, uh, you know, when you have the reds, it's like uh, uh, your brain is uh, uh, responds different than than when it's the blue. It's like the grays also. They uh, the light grays, but the dark gray it, it goes like a little bit moody. Uh, but the light gray is like peaceful. You know, uh, the blue is peaceful. I find it like that. Mm. You know? So. Conclusion for now, for me, is uh, the sky and the ground. That makes <laughs> yeah, sense. and the earth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, we'll take a quick break here. And then when we come back, we'll talk about uh, Mary Bell's uh, chocolate shops in Japan. So please stay with us. Today's program brought to you by Corin, a supplier of Japanese chef knives and restaurant supplies. Corin is proud of their Japanese culture and traditions, but they want you to know that their products are not just for Japanese restaurants. Their knives and tableware bring out the best qualities of food from every culture and fit into every restaurant, from French to Pan-Asian to American, and that is why they are located in New York City, where people from every country in the world come to eat. Corin's Tribeca showroom is home to the most extensive collection of Japanese chef knives in the world, including Japan. Stop by to view the exquisitely designed tableware and the Welsh natural sharpening stones. They have a whole range of knife services, from repair and rust removal to reshaping and realigning. Corin is dedicated to this ideal, bringing the highest quality Japanese design to your table, so you can experience the unparalleled quality of Japanese craftsmanship in your home or restaurant. For more information, visit coin.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Japan Needs, broadcasting live from a studio in Bushwick, Brooklyn. I'm your host, Akiko Tema, and my guest today is Maribel Lieberman, who is the CEO and founder of Maribel Chocolates uh, in Soho. And she now has eight locations of Maribel Chocolates worldwide, including four shops in Japan. So um, so you opened your first shop in Japan in 2012, and now you have four locations in the country. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you so much. So how did it all begin? Well, you know, <laughs> going back to Lunetta Chocolat, I opened the store. Uh, my store became very known among the fashion industry because uh, of the fashion glasses and everybody related. Uh, I don't know if you remember that. Psych, uh, Daily Candy. Mm -hmm. Okay, that was when they first started Daily Candy, and then they put me, uh, they introduced the Lunette Chocolat there. So anyway, a lot of people came uh, from the fashion industry, and a lot of Japanese came, mm. uh, you know, to uh, as as a result of uh, um, you know the uh, the the um, all these write-ups from magazines and and. Japanese were coming to my store. They were not choosing flavors. They were choosing this design next to this design, this mm -hmm. design. And they started, um, you know, talking to other friends, uh, you know, among them. And then they would be bringing. At the end, I became, I mean, even Japanese press came to, to do an article on me. And, uh, 
And eventually I said, oh, my God, I'm creating a lot of Japanese uh, <laughs> clientele, you know. And I thought uh, it was the aesthetics of my product that really was attracted to them. Uh, and, of course, the flavor, the, the good uh, taste. Uh, then, uh, you know, then I, uh, I got a lot of press, in, uh, local, local press, and then uh, press from Japan, you know, because once uh, you start getting press here, then you... And uh, in so in two thousand back back then in my times of catering, I did a, a, an event for a Japanese man, and one time he said, "Hey, Maribel, you need to go to Japan." And I said, "Oh, sure, uh, take me there." <laughs> 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 no, he he says, "I think your product is uh, is great for uh, for the Japanese market." Uh, and I said, "Yeah, yeah, I have a lot of clientele of Japanese anyway." He's the one that introduced me, somebody, you know, who is my licensee mm. uh, in Japan. And we met, he, uh, she came and and, uh, and then we opened the store, the first store in Kyoto. Mm. And a lot of people think, why did you start in Kyoto instead of Tokyo? And I was just having that conversation just earlier before. Uh, and I felt that, um, you know, a lot of European companies and... Uh, they start in Tokyo, you know, Tokyo is the first, and then uh, they, they expand in other cities. Uh, uh, I, f uh, I feel, you know, that uh, Kyoto, is, I love the food of Kyoto. I love uh, the tradition that's still there, you know. And I always saw my product very artisanal, very organic in food, you know, in the ingredients, because, um, I, I, I mean, I create... I create food thinking of, of ingredients and matching together more like an art uh, form. Mm. Then, uh, but of course, the art form needs to taste good too. Right. You know? Well, one thing, you know, usually kind of like fruits filled chocolates tend to be yeah. some sort of mismatch between chocolate and the yeah. fruits, but yeah. yours yeah. have seamless transition. Yeah, you know, a lot of people sometimes when uh, an ingredient becomes uh, popular, oh, I'm going to put it on chocolate, or I'm going to put it, it's not necessarily it's going to go with it, you know. Uh, uh, you know, and I feel that at the end, even if you think you're, you're eating uh, well, you know, that it has the health uh, reason, the health uh, ingredients, it needs to taste good because the palate is the one that is going to accept or reject, you know. Mm. So uh, for me to make a recipe with uh, with an ingredient needs to really they they need everybody. I always uh, I always t uh, think of ingredients like everybody needs to be famous in the <laughs> those <laughs> ingredients. <laughs> I I always think of them like they are living and they say, oh no, I'm gonna taste better. Oh, I'm gonna. So they need to to dance together, mm. you know, and and that is gonna make it a, a harmony mm -hmm. to the palate. Yeah. Right in the box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Well, but you know that that someone uh, you found as a partner. I heard that uh, she's a woman, mm -hmm. and uh, first time she visited uh, my real chocolates, she ate. 
uh, whole bunch, like whole everything, like 50, 60 different cup of chocolates. She yeah. tasted everything. Uh, yeah, I know. She did. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's pretty passionate. I know. I know. I, I thought, oh, my God, because people get tired of tasting. Oh, God. oh but no, she wanted to taste everything. <laughs> <laughs> so that's proven passionate for yeah, the business. Yeah. Right. So, so the Kyoto, um, that's very interesting. And I, I understand, you know, and Tokyo is usually... It's kind of like test pilot, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I think it's... Uh, For me, uh, opening in Kyoto, um, uh, first, I love that city. It's, why it's actually one of my favorite cities in, in, uh, in Japan. Uh, I love the, um, the energy that you can feel, you know, the, uh, I love the serenity. Mm. I, there are a lot of things that I love about that city, and, and, uh, and I, I felt so so um good to be part of that culture you know in in kyoto you know respecting because they still have the hundreds of years old uh confectionery companies and being among that i want to be over a hundred you know <laughs> oh you so, never know <laughs> so, i mean not me but the, but the brand i wanted to last as, right. as long as this brand so, mm-hmm. you know, that's why to me it was very important mm. yeah yeah i could see it mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, I think the Kyoto's quiet energy, mm-hmm. but very solid, thick, you know, core in it. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah so it's kind yeah. of stubborn, but it doesn't show it's stubborn. No. <laughs> That's another no, the, thing. The, uh, the, um, the clientele in Kyoto is, uh, is demanding in good uh, good qualities. And I can, t- because, and I can see why, because they... They have the tradition of still using the best quality ingredients for their food. You know, their their traditional food, and so um, you know, it, it, it's it's more challenging for me. But you know, challenges is just makes you better, mm, right? And yeah. sometimes fun. Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> On reflection. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so um, the Kyoto. You know, Kyoto is really kind of like you—you you did it, and you have places in Tokyo yes, now yeah. too. But you have one in Okinawa, Okinawa, Okinawa like yeah. island. <laughs> so yeah. how did it happen? <laughs> Actually, you know, uh, it's another destination for Japanese people taking vacation. It's not as big as Hawaii, but I feel eventually it will become like that. And and it's it's good to be one of the pioneers. You know, um, I I feel. I feel that, uh, of course, being uh, starting the the business and not other uh, companies or chocolate companies being there, you know, you starting actually from ground, um, it, it can work either good or bad, you know, because because you 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 have to work harder to. Uh, but I always feel if the product is good, and it is, it goes down to the quality. If the product is good, it will survive, you know, even though people don't know, uh, you know, Mary Bell in Okinawa, but they get to know, oh, that brand, you know. And, and uh, the first year, uh, which was, um, two, I think we opened two years ago, uh, uh, the first year was, was tough because, um, you know, is is mostly visited in the summertime. Mm. The winter time is is dead. So okay, so we have to create products first 
very original ingredients from Okinawa. Mm. You know, uh, 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 there's, there's a lot of hibiscus there. Mm. There's pineapples, you know. Right. So let's create products that are original f- uh, from here because when, when visitors come to visit here, they want to take something original from the island. Mm. And uh, now we're doing very well. Right. Yeah. Such a business person. <laughs> Amazing. Um, okay. And then you have done business in Japan for seven years now. Yes. Right? Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, so how do you describe the uniqueness of Japanese culture in terms of people, food, or whatever you experience? Well, I, as I said, the Japanese are um, uh, clients are used to Actually, they have a lot of, uh, they are exposed to a lot of uh, European companies, very good quality European companies, uh, uh, not only in chocolate, but in in other brands, you know, mm. clothing um, and other foods. So their palette has become like comparing with one and the other. And of course, you know, you can say, you know, so when if, if I'm new, I'm gonna do fine. But you need to last. You know, you you're not there to 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 you know to create a brand only for two years and leave. You know, you wanna. So um, uh, you know, you need to have a um, a clientele. Comedic clientele is not just buying it today because it's new. Mm. So uh, what I compare is like. You know, if the if the if the Japanese uh, customer finds the product good quality, you know, and of course every day we improve, you know, and I always like I in the past before I opened Mary Bell in Japan, I did I didn't know what matcha was, you mm. know, but then I found that matcha, and then I started making things with matcha. Now I'm doing I'm creating a product with. Um, with uh, you know the flower, uh, um, uh, you know the the one that came out in, in April. The uh, oh, the cherry blossom. A cherry right. blossom, cherry blossom, yeah, uh, and a brown tea. Mm-hmm. You know, so we creating products because uh, it's you know I'm using it from my uh, from my background in catering. You know when. When you want to introduce an ingredient to somebody that doesn't know the, of that ingredient, you need to present it together with another ingredient that they're familiar with. Mm. Because if I said to you, oh, okay, you know, eat this, this is a cardamom flavor, and and you said, I don't know what a cardamom is, mm. and I don't want to eat it, or, you know. But if, you, if I say, oh, this is cardamom with matcha, mm. really? That's interesting. Let me taste you know <laughs> you're curious because you never taste that combination mm. uh and, and and that's when you find out the flavor of the other you know right. so um so going back to to you know uh, creating flavors that uh the japanese market doesn't know but we have to put them together with the uh, ingredients that they know so mm. it's it's not so foreign and that's that's how they start experimenting different flavors. Mm, interesting, because I was actually going to ask you <coughs> next that how you know you get inspired by being in Japan, which is completely different from New York. Yes, to, yeah. In terms of developing new flavors, which you are passionate about. Yes, yeah. So well, that's that's what it is. But uh, it's uh, I mean, 
I'll tell you, my brand and my cooking is inspired with cultures. And for me, it's not only about, oh, I want to sell more, let me make some flavors of uh, Japanese uh, flavor. Oh, I want to sell more to the Indians, uh, let me make more flavors with the cardamom. No, I want to, I enjoy actually doing this. I enjoy because it's something that I, I didn't grow up with and, and it's, it tastes good, mm. you know. So for me, tasting good is the bottom line. And using different ingredients is, uh, uh, that are, are not familiar, but then become part of the brand. I'll tell you, when I first started my flavors, I started with 10 designs and 10 flavors. At that time, nobody was making chocolate with saffron, mm. chocolate with cardamom, chocolate with chili. You know, today everybody's making it, but I, one of the, uh, I, I feel I'm just, I was the start because I did a lot of research. I went to Belgium, I went to France, I went to, to, uh, to Switzerland to see, you know, the flavors that were being done. And of course, these were not, didn't even exist. Passion fruit didn't exist. Mm. Pineapple didn't exist. Mango. They had the more like uh, cinnamon. They had, um, you know, like uh, creme brulee or, or, or like cream, white cream. Mm. So more uh, obvious. Yeah, more obvious. So I didn't grow up with those flavors. So I wanted to put s some flavors like the tropical flavors, pineapple, spices, you know, like ancho chile, chipotle, uh, saffron, you know, it's part of the Spanish cuisine. Uh, and we gr I grew up with that. And uh, so anyway, that's... That's why I decided to make different flavors. Mm. And also, of course, your strong background as a caterer. Yes, exactly. But the, the catering, what I learned in my catering is to, to combine all these flavors. And mm. that's why I brought it back into the right. chocolate. And the, yeah. to the United Nations yes. clients. That yeah. means that yeah. you have to have a lot of flavors. Yes, yes. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it's just like, you know, looking at this beautiful chocolate, it's people imagine it's just beautiful chocolate yeah but there's yeah. so much behind it's, it there is a lot there is a lot but uh you know um i remember when i opened mary bell in 2002 uh that was right after september 11 and it was a pop-up shop actually i mm. opened as a pop-up shop because uh we were suffering in nolita when i uh, lunette chocolate uh in i remember th that i introduced my hot chocolate then and it was pure chocolate you know, with water and, you know, I didn't want to make it with milk because the milk is like eating, like drinking a cappuccino coffee with, uh, with milk. And I wanted people to drink the, uh, the real chocolate. And um, at the end of the day, what people, what's going to make everything grow is the quality, mm. is the quality and the uniqueness. But Quality needs to stay there forever mm. if you want to last. Right. Well, at the end of the day, <laughs> that's that feels on your tongue. Yeah. You know, that's the thing, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Right. Um, so how often do you go to Japan now? Uh, once or twice a year. Um, to the, uh, this year, I'm, I'm going in back in September. We're opening another store uh, in Osaka. Wow. Uh, at the uh, Diamaro department store, you know, the first Diamaro. Mm. Uh, it's over 350 years old um, department store in, in the old building that they renovated. And uh, 
we're going to be on the second floor where all the luxury clothing brands mm. are. So we're making a nice uh, salon, you know. Interesting. Yeah. Well, usually, you know, the pachka, the, the basement of yeah, department yeah. stores, yeah. that's like food yeah, heaven. Yeah, yeah. But yours is categorized as yeah. part of fashion. Fashion, fashion, yes. Right. Yeah, yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, the chocolate status should be elevated that way. Yeah, it, you know, but it, because for me, presentation, uh, it's very important, you know, um, presentation and, uh, you know, how you take things. In. For me, you know, having a box of chocolate and uh, when you eat it and uh, having a box there left should be as elegant that you, you, you feel mm. proud to have it. So it's, it's a lifestyle and it's a, uh, so it's n I feel that I, I don't have only a chocolate store. I have a, a lifestyle product. Right. And yeah. also, you know, it's like, um, I would say, same as coffee beans. If you just raise a status for coffee, and coffee beans get attention, yeah. and the farmers, yeah. and the farmer's exactly. life yeah. improves too. Yeah. So it's all, you know, It's a chain. Yes, yeah, yeah. 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 So, okay, so Daimaru, Daimaru is huge. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's exciting. Okay, so um, so what's your plan? You're going to keep going somewhere to satisfy your curiosity? I mean, my plan to Japan or my plan in Either my brand? way. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, right now I'm, I'm working to do more uh, stores. Uh, I have another store in Par um, Park Avenue, like, uh, and uh, we're opening... Uh, my new factory at the Navy Yard, oh, at wow. the Brooklyn Navy Yard, mm -hmm. the, that new building, 77. Right. So we're going to have another cacao market there. Oh, wow. Uh, actually, the one from Greenpoint, we're moving it to... Oh. to, to, to oh, I'm missing <laughs> Roman Ivo. Yeah. Yeah, we're moving it there. Um, and we, uh, it's a factory that you're going to be seeing everything, wow. you know, from outside. Mm. So. so Cacao Market is uh, kind of like more casual brand of Maribel yes. chocolate. Yeah, right? it is the same chocolate, mm -hmm. but it's more impulse buying. Right, uh, as which I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that's uh, that's where we're going to be doing everything, and then you're gonna be able to experience it by seeing every all the manufacturing. Mm. Sounds like a navy yard is a big deal. Oh no, it's, right? forget it. It's it's beautiful. Mm, it's like Ross and Daughter. Ross and Daughter just opened, and uh, and uh, right now actually because uh, my space is not ready. We we rent some space at Ross and Daughters. My office is there, <laughs> and, and my packing, and then I have my production where the cacao market was. Mm. I have my production there, and until because I think my my space is gonna be ready sometime in May. Mm. So so wow. anyway, yeah, busy. Yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, that's one project we have this year, and uh, and, and we're planning to to open more stores mm. eventually. Wow. Yes. Good luck. So mm -hmm. where can we find your updates? Uh, online okay well of course we have uh, uh, our website uh, you know marybell.com and uh, we also have uh, newsletters that we go out to all our um, customers our followers you know about what's happening and and uh, but we're going to have a big opening for the uh, for the cacao market and in the, in the factory at the navy yard so i'll send you an invitation oh i can't yeah. wait yeah yeah what's yeah. you know farewell to my uh, neighborhood green points <laughs> <laughs> to go there maybe this weekend uh, yeah right. yeah so okay so thank you so much for joining us oh, thank you yeah, and hopefully pleasure. you can come back of course i love it yeah <laughs> i i uh, i i 
how long was this interview? Like uh, one hour? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. You know, but it's so pleasant mm. to be talking about it. Yeah, it's <laughs> great. Yeah. yeah so this whole tiny studio is full of good energy. Yeah, yes, I know. So I love appreciate it. that. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you. Yeah. So listeners, if you have any questions or comments about the show uh, or suggestions for show topics or guests, please contact us at japanese at heritagevideonetwork.org or akikuatema.com. Japanese is live at 3 p.m. on Mondays and always available at heritageradionetwork.org, iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify as a podcast. Our engineer today is Kevin Wheeler, and uh, thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.